Flashcast is back, and uh, we're talking about Game of Thrones, and this is a very special episode of the Game of Thrones Flashcast, recorded live immediately after a group viewing of episode four of season five of Game of Thrones, Sons of the Harpy. I am Jason Snell, and I am joined, as often, by Brian Hamilton, who is here in person. Hi, Brian. Hello, Jason. We have met for the first time and just watched an episode of Game of Thrones together. So we have. It's been fun. We did it in Dan Morin's uh, house, which is why I now introduce Tony Sindelar. Hi, Tony. Hi. Welcome to Dan's house. I'm Tony. (laughs) Hi, Tony. And Dan, did you show up, too? Get out, all of you. (laughs) I I was just trying to go to sleep. No, you can't. Not until Game of Thrones is over. This is our late night podcast. All right. Every all right. time. Last, last week it was really late for oh, Brian because we made him stay up till Pacific time. <laughs> uh, so when Monty isn't here because mm-hmm. Monty isn't in Boston, he's at home. Sucker. Having, having Very sad. First yeah. episode of all the Game of Thrones episodes he's not been on. Is it? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Wow. Well, we send one out to Monty who, who may be recording his own counter episode <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> uh, so, Sons of the Harpy. Sons of the Harpy. Uh, I, normally, I would just start. I would just start breaking down the stuff that we saw in this episode. But we must start with the credits because uh, was this our first appearance of Dorn in the credits? Yes, we yeah. got a nice big snake. Snake. Mm. They're big on snakes in Dorn. Apparently, it's a thing. <laughs> that is it, a, a strange thing to build a civilization around. <laughs> you know, I feel it's like, like oh, there's a lot of poison snakes here. We should really settle down. <laughs> yeah, like like I understand that that would be like a symbol of power, but like I feel like that's not the cornerstone for civilization. You know? Well, they have no sharks, so they have to do snakes. We I learned also, sharks. you know, I mean, obviously there are no sharks in Dorne. Dorne is sandy. It's yeah. the land. There's probably not sand but, sharks. But do the sharks know <laughs> that they can't go like right up to the coast of Dorne? I just I <laughs> they just hang out on. I'm just saying. I don't trust a Dornish welcome party for yeah. necessarily shark-based information. This is a strong, strong, yeah. strong point. Well, I have land shark, but we all know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's start with the the adventures of Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> uh, the episode begins with a, a an innocent fisherman minding his own business being punched in the face <laughs> by Jura Mormont. Best cold open ever. It's a very cinematic, very like shaky cam, very like J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Yeah, where are we? We yeah. don't know where we are in the world. Why is this guy getting punched in the face? Oh, it's Jorah, and he's got Tyrion, who he kidnapped at the end of the previous episode, and and that's our instant payoff. Very, yeah. uh, very good continuing trend in terms of like bringing back the very end of the last episode to the very beginning of this episode because yeah. mm-hmm. that's what we were left hanging on. Yeah, that that was nice. And then and then later in the episode we finally get a scene where they're out on the boat going there and, and Tyrion does what a lot of people actually asked last week when we were talking about I'm taking to see the Queen and we all assume Daenerys, but but it could be Cersei. And Tyrion says, uh, you're going the wrong way. Westeros is west. <laughs> and, uh, Tyrion Lannister, human GPS. Yeah, that's pretty good. He knows his directions. This guy's book learning. It's yeah. in it's in the name, people. It's not Easteros. No, no. Um, so he Tyrion makes really annoying noises while being gagged in order to get his gag taken I, off. Was he singing? I couldn't quite tell I what he was he trying was to just, do. So, like, I mean, it was perfect Tyrion Lannister, right? He's like, I'm just going to be so annoying using the only thing I have, which is sort of my wits. I'm just going to annoy him into taking off this gag so that I can actually talk to him, which is kind mm-hmm. of my strong suit. It's like... Kind of my my modus operandi, and I like that he was able to piece together who he was from the the sigils, and because that goes back to the idea that you know his brother is a fighter, and he was you know attempted to distinguish himself by his book learning, and then that didn't work out. And, and of so. course, he does have, as he alludes to, inside knowledge of Jorah's yeah. plot because he was on the small council when they were using uh, Jorah the information to spy yeah. on Daenerys. 
Yeah, but he totally, I love how he totally guesses his not only his identity but his whole plan. He's like, "Oh, you're Jorah Mormont. Oh, this is what you're gonna do." She ma- she got mad at you because you spied on, her, and now you're trying to get back in. And and Jorah's Jorah like is not he, he hits him, knocks him out. He doesn't have a line no, in that shut entire up. scene, which shut is kind of which is yeah. kind of great. The second person he knocks out this episode. Jorah's <laughs> <laughs> so, just Mormont, here to punch you he, in the face. He's, in the face. you know he's down on his luck. He really only has one way of dealing with problems at this point. <laughs> Just, he's yeah. uh, like Jamie. He's got his uh, swords as opposed to Tyrion's mm-hmm. books. And I love the uh, one side conversation because you get everything you need from Jorah's perspective just by the looks on his face mm-hmm. as Tyrion progresses with his rant. Mm-hmm. Now, um, speaking of wacky mismatched pairs on a boat, <laughs> Bronn and <laughs> Jamie Lannister are also on a boat. They see Tarth, Brienne's home, the saf- Sapphire Isle yeah. of Tarth. Yeah. And uh, and have a nice conversation where uh, Jamie mentions that he's going to get his niece, to which Braun just laughs in his face and says, oh, your niece, so oh, burn, <laughs> incest burn. <laughs> oh, Braun, I love Braun. Braun is one of my favorite characters, and, and this, is, this is a really big departure from the books in this point, because I don't think this is even remotely a plot in the books. No. Um, Braun kind of disappears well, off send, the scene they, for a They while. do send people to go get... Marcella. Marcella. It's just not Bron. Bron kind of just fades as as in the remember. background after Tyrion is done with. Right, him, but he's too fun to, to. Yeah, he's too great. I think Bron, with almost any character, it turns out, will be a funny, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Fun, funny travel log. It reads a little fan servicey to me, but I'm glad they brought him back nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And later, later uh, they finally arrive at their destination in the boat, and and you see Braun struggling with the rowing, and Jamie just sort of shows his gold hand, is like oh, I can't do any work. I have to say, I do like though I do like Nikolai Costerwaldo as Jamie Lannister, Jerome Flynn as Braun. Jerome Flynn in general is just a treasure. That man is amazing. I've he's seen incredible. him. He's great, and if you've ever seen the show Ripper Street, he's fantastic Ooh. in that as well. Um, so he's yeah. He this is a part that is just perfect for him. Uh, there are there are no sharks in Doran. We learn, but we, there are snakes. Uh, Jamie awakes with a start to Bronn lowering a uh, a knife on him as if to kill him, but he's actually killing the horrible snake that is to his side. Horrible, and then they horrible, and then horrible they, snake, right and then they side. barbecue the snake and uh, just eat it like sausage. Breakfast. I didn't know you could do that with snake. <laughs> yeah, you never had a sausage. snake breakfast sandwich. <laughs> you can. It's just maybe not a good idea. You know. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you oh, want your last meal to be snake? <laughs> Do you want any of your meals to be snake? No. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an easy question. Well, that's what Doran's known for. It's like they have their uh, Seattle space snake in the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the, uh, the 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 women that were that we see a little bit later um, are this are are called the sand snakes, and it's but like they're this not is, snakes. Jason. This is a reinforcement. <laughs> the, yes, but what it looks like we need uh, we need to, to a way to refer to all of these these women. Um, what does Dorn have? What are our assets? Do you guys want to be the sand scorpions, <laughs> sand <laughs> snakes, heads in a bowl. <laughs> you don't want to be. You don't want to be sand sands. That's the last <laughs> that's, name that's, that's available. As low as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there is. So they, they run into four riders who uh, who they they're trying to hide from, but they, that fails miserably, and so they have to they have to fight. And uh, Jamie says that he can take one guy if if he's slow. Well, and I like Br- that when Bron he hits a horse and says, "I think that one might be slow." <laughs> I like that when we, when we were all watching him fight, we're all like screaming at him, "Like use the hand! The hand is made of gold! Come on!" And, and he in my does notes, it. In all caps, use the hand. Yeah, <laughs> metal hand block for the win, Jamie Lambs. Yeah, I got a big metal hand. They won't. They don't know. They won't expect that I could just put up my hand and it wouldn't get chopped off and that, and right. and it gets stuck in his I, hand. I do that like was that because nice. that, yeah. that was. 
almost seemed like, oh, yeah, there's a practicality issue here. Do you guys remember in season two when there was some budget reason and there weren't horses yes, for a long right, time? Yes, I remember. I remember and just now, there's, horses. now there's horses left and right. It's like, we got horses. There's going to be guys show up. They don't need to be on horses, but we want a horse. So a, guy, a horse can get stabbed. I feel bad for that. That horse didn't do anything. At no. least it's not been her. Yeah. No horses were harmed in the film. Well, one it's horse. horse. One horse was harmed. They killed, Very badly. They, they got they, food poisoning. They killed an actual horse. Now, Bron, we've killed these four guys. Uh, uh, dig a hole. <laughs> Again. <laughs> manual labor. Really funny. Yeah. That, that all was good. Uh, also in Dorne, the, the, the aforementioned Sand Snakes have the guy who they said could have squealed on them, and indeed he did. And uh, they they all decide, will we go to war? Will we start a war? Or will we not? And the answer for the very angry Sand Snakes is, war, duh. War, war. Yeah. What is it good for? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, it solves all problems. Yeah. Consensus, I, war. war. I did our... not like this scene at all. I thought this whole uh, subplot in Dorne with the... Uh, with the Tyrells, no, not the Ty- Tyrells, Martells, M- Martells. Thank yeah, you. That, 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 those two get confusing. <laughs> yeah. I think every dialogue scene there has been clunky so far. What are your thoughts? I really, we didn't get much from Doran Martell last week. Um, Alexander Sadig from Deep Space mm-hmm. Nine, uh, oh. who I really love, but I, he didn't get to do much. He just kind of looked like disgruntled and like wave at, <laughs> at uh, his brother's mistress. Um, and so I would like to see a little bit more of him. So far, we've only seen the Oberon's mistress. Oh, what's her name? Illyria or something? Illyria? I believe so. Yeah. Um, uh, this and, was kind of an awkward way to introduce three more characters. And right. I mean, I knew they were characters from the book, but I, it wasn't clear to me exactly what their familial relationships are. And obviously, they're part of this cabal now. I believe but, they are all the daughters of the guy we saw killed by the mountain last year. Okay. Yes. yes. Oh, so yeah. And that so makes them the Sand his, Snakes. Ilaria is his paramour, and they're her daughters. Yeah. They're all, her, okay, they're all would, three of them are her daughters, I believe. Okay. I wasn't, that was not clear. It was clear to me at least one of them had a affectionate kind I, of... I think that they are all... So like in... you know, They're John, all his daughters. I'm not yeah. sure they're all her daughters. Okay, that's possible. Yeah. At least one of them okay. called him mother. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think they, maybe you're right that they're all his illegitimate... Essentially. Yeah. Like, because they're like in... They're like cool in, with that in Dorne. Yeah. Well, yeah. like in the north where you have all the snows and whatever, they're all sands, yeah. right? So It just seemed a little awkward. Yeah. A, you know. Well, I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I, um, in the books, as a reader of these books... I did not like the introduction of the Sand Snakes and Intrigue and Dorne. And I had that moment of like, really, George R. R. Martin? <laughs> At this late date, we're introducing a whole other subplot about this d- deserty realm. And I think the point of it is that that the Marcella being down there and them trying to get them back is kind of this this adventure that has to be done as a part of the uh, of the game but it's just so many more characters i never liked the sand snakes in the books either they're they're just these I, angry people who uh talk about re- i mean they, literally it's like so will it be revenge <laughs> They're not very fleshed out, and they're introduced at a point where you feel kind of overwhelmed by characters, and so they're not very fleshed out, so they're not going to be that interesting, and then they're there kind of taking up time away from the characters that you want well, to see. I, right? I will say I do enjoy the Dornish culture and the Dornish setting, I think, is really it's cool. Fun, fun to uh, look at. But I agree that, you know, there are a lot of extra characters here, and... We... What you know? It is just another wheel to spin off and be like, "All right, this person killed this person, so these people are going to be pissed off at that person." And like, mm-hmm. let's just keep the the cycle of revenge going. I don't mind the uh, extra subplots and extra characters, but I do mind. That's good because you're watching a very convoluted show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I really hope they wrap it up soon. Like, if this yeah. is maybe a single season arc where they go to Dorne, mm. grab the niece, and then come back, that's mm-hmm. fine with me as long as they don't stick around for far too. Seven long. Seven nights in Dorne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good place for a vacation. I, I do like the nice, Jamie nice Lannister, Braun, Covert Mission, Dirty Dozen style. Yeah, although yeah. there's only two of them. Dirty <laughs> Duo? That doesn't sound as good. Mm. 
Oof. Well, maybe they'll pick up some more snakes along the way. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in King's Landing, uh, Cersei is doing her best to basically make the small council really small. Uh, like she sends the master of coin, who is the Tyrell uncle or something, who's Mace kind of a, who's a, Marjorie's father. Yeah, who's yeah. a dope. Yep. So they send him and Marin Trent, who's also terrible, off to Bravos to bargain with the Iron Bank. We've seen how well that goes in the past. It's not too. gonna. No. I also like that. Maybe I, I feel like a slightly more effective like strategy for Cersei might just be like every time they come to a small council meeting, like remove one chair, one chair, <laughs> musical <laughs> chairs. Yeah. It's a uh, reality TV show where every week someone's eliminated. It's just going to yeah. be her and Quiburn at the end, and he'll just be nodding his yeah. head and she'll well, just be proclaiming things. It's the great. Uh, I think it's the Grand Meister just ends up sleeping in his chair and like, I'm nope. Never yeah. getting up again. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he made it that far. So kind of weirdly. He's, clearly re- he's kind of weirdly resistant, though. Yeah. Like you can't quite kill him, which is which is nuts. It's kind of like a piece of furniture in the background that's just yeah. always been there. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wonder how much uh, the Master of Coins has been allotting to Mustache Wash. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit of a problem for the uh, kingdom. It's bankrupting the kingdom. Yeah. So. In fact, nobody else in the kingdom can wax their mustache anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so Cersei hangs out with our uh, our new friend, the High Sparrow, and they have a. They have a little conversation, but no wine. <laughs> and with, but no wine because he doesn't like the taste of it. And hey, it's uh, Jonathan Price. It is Jonathan Price. Hey. Isn't that nice? I'll, and he's me- he's he, he's more menacing by the episode. Is he uh, menacing? He's like kind of affably menacing, yeah. though. Is the thing like? And it's here's the thing. Almost all of the people that they are sort of you know going after. Well, perhaps with the exception of of Loris. Loris is that's he's just... kind of set up to be you know the fall guy. But like a lot of the people they're going after are legitimately awful people. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the, it's weird because we do have like quite a change for the sparrows because they get so they get like conscripted into the was the faith militant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've gone from them all wearing rags to wearing like black rags with like chains and yeah. carrying maces and like and the sigils carved, the carved in, in the forehead. forehead. That's oh, a, very yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that was one. That was one week of transition. Like, if that it was like five minutes off screen time, like, all right, sweet, you guys are all like crazy evil. That, that felt a little weird. Like, I felt Sorry, like fast. there was kind of very quick tonal shift to like we are actually just and pure, and like the only thing that has not been corrupted by all of the evil forces in King's Landing. To like, no, we're just another faction looking for our own. To consolidate our own yeah. power, and we're gonna and, go. And I got confused, and, for like, a and we're gonna go smash up a marketplace. Right, and, I didn't get that necessarily, and I didn't get like. It took me a minute to realize, okay, this is the same faction that we just saw, and like this is their sort of new outfits and whatever. But it is, and they're clearly being deployed politically too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see them bash up uh, Littlefinger's brothel, basically, mm-hmm. and that's. I think the scene directly before that is Cersei has a note from him because it's got his like seal or like a uh, mm-hmm. sigil on it, and I think she's. Probably, maybe, I don't know, getting wind of his sort of machinations, and maybe that's a play for her to express her displeasure with, mm-hmm. with Peter He Baelish. is clearly not free to be roaming around the countryside like he is, right? right? Or he is not intended he's up, to he, be. He's up to mischief. Yeah. I feel like that move was way more for uh, Tyrell than for Littlefinger, uh, mm-hmm. because locking him away weakens Marjorie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was, I think it was a kind of a twofer. But you're right. It is, it is um, they get Loras... Uh, the sparrows do. Um, she's got her own private army now, essentially that she can sort of yeah. deploy to deal with all her. Yeah, because she's armies. feeling weak about the other stuff, and then and then I, I, we get what what is one of my favorite things in this episode, which is the sequence of events where Marjorie finds out that Loras has been taken. Mm-hmm. She gets mad. She goes talk. <laughs> she talks to her boyfriend, the king. Oh, um, they're married now. I know, I, I know, but still, they're he's totes a bo- married. I mean, <laughs> like he's a boy though. Like he's literally a boy, her friend, friendly boy, her, bo- her boy king, uh, boy king husband. 
and uh, says, "I, de- uh, you know, I, I go go free him." And he basically goes to his mom and says, "I demand that he be freed." <laughs> and she says, "Oh, honey, I didn't even arrest him. I I just gave him to the high sparrow. You can go find him." And they march over to the high sparrow, and they don't let him in. And he's like, "Well, I don't want to cause any fighting, so I'm going to just go home." And it's this what what I loved about that whole sequence. And, and and people are in the background are cheer, cheer, uh, cheering for you, you filthy bastard, or, uh, things like Abomination. that. Abomination to yeah. to um to the king, to Tommen. And uh, I love that whole sequence because it, it it's all about this is a this is a game of a uh, show about playing the game of power, and that whole sequence is about the tenuous nature of power when you don't know how to apply it, yep. and how how you can be the king and say, oh, I'm I got it made, I'm the king. But if you are not playing the game, you could lose it in an instant even I, if you're the king i had a moment sitting there watching the goes and, and where i played out in my mind like now imagine it was still joffrey <laughs> like, oh. all of those people would just be murdered <laughs> just yeah there'd be a lot of dead bodies you would not even have stopped once like you would have just been like those people are in my way you guys should just like murder them just kill them. straight up it'll be fun yeah it was a little weird to see uh first of all did they go to the same place as last week where because it was like a nice marble staircase with a few it reminds extra. me of the steps in in uh in in rome actually but i think it's it's i, I guess he's now installed in the sept right which mm-hmm. is like the because they threw the old high septum out right. Right. because he wasn't in the sept before they went somewhere like it was much, like he was like a, but we had seen the sept that was yeah. where the 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 funeral the weddings Tywin's, and funerals Tywin's have all funeral. been there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so they're like, occasionally it's a jamie and jamie and Cersei have so, a good it's time a wedding in there. venue <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Now this proved my uh, theory that Tommen has absolutely no like idea whatsoever, and I was no. really excited to see the fallout. He finally, not, he did not get yeah. the instruction manual on the Game of Thrones. <laughs> and he may find out how little power he has. Any, he seems not to have caught up with him yet. That he's, he's sweet but dumb, right? Yeah, like he is. You know, <laughs> but I don't know. It's, he may be hurt by his inability to provide for his queen, right? I mean, she had that comment well, about like I'm going to go be with my family, and that does not include you right now, right? right. Well, she calls him your grace too, yeah. which is clearly like a little bit of a yes. We're we have backed off a yep. little bit, right? And I think that the other issue is like Tommen is basically he's stuck, as we saw last week. He is stuck in this power play between Cersei and Marjorie, yeah. and, and he, he has no and, power of his own. Well, and he hasn't he hasn't chosen. Like he could he right. could say, you know, Marjorie, just tell me what to do, and I'll do everything, and I'll 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 send my mother away and all that. But he she isn't comfortable in telling him that because she, you know she knows that she's vying with his mom mm-hmm. here, um, and so it's a difficult position because he he has no. He's taking no actions of his own because he doesn't understand the game. Yep. And the and the two women in his life are making their independent actions, but they don't have the power of the king fully behind them yet. And it's weird because it's hard to tell if either of them, like, you know, ostensibly both of them have affection for him, but it's actually kind of hard to tell how much they really care about him mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the, the you crown know, their on own his power. Head. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I feel like Cersei's going to care a little bit more just because of the maternal instinct, yeah. but Marjorie cares enough to, like, put on a nice face and at least pretend to be, you know, I'm going to be your queen. Uh, you know things like that. I feel like she's in it for more of like a power play than uh, sure. Cersei. And what what uh, what would being the what, why why is the queen worth anything if she can't uh, have her brother sprung? And that's a it's a fascinating little dynamic. I like I, I enjoyed that a lot. That that was that just shows you like a couple of wrong steps when you don't know what you're doing, and even if you're the king, you could end up completely messed up. Was mm-hmm. anyone else surprised though that Sir, that Loras went down basically without a fight? Like he is one of the most renowned knights in the kingdom. But there's also, so many of those guys around yeah, him. Oh my god! Yeah, and I mean he is also I think a more than a lot of the ones who are just sort of bloodthirsty. He is also kind of like the gentlemanly version yes. of the knight. So I guess that like kind of plays out a little bit. But I was like he doesn't even you know he doesn't even make a make a show of like what do you get the hell off of me <laughs> yeah, trial by combat 
I feel like that scene was one of the most disturbing things in Game of Thrones I've seen in a while. This show is known for some really disturbing stuff. But the pacing and like the rhythm and boom, 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 the music, everything happening, carving the thing into the guy's forehead, mm-hmm. you know, capturing mm-hmm. people, all yeah. of the nudity too, that just added on to like a whole you know, giant wave of emotion and things happening. And it was like, wow, this really affected me in a way that no other scene has. It was weird and disturbing. It and, was very disturbing. But, but yeah. I, I like when those themes recur of uh you know if you don't play the game <laughs> you're well, losing the game and of course the, <laughs> really the like setup it. here is you know how long before this backfires on cersei who herself oh, yeah. of course has done her fair share of sinning so yeah. she's playing with fire here oh yeah let let she who is without sin cast the first yeah well time. i had that moment mm. of like i think clearly intentional uh, that moment where she says what if i were to tell you about a sinner protected you know in our midst protected mm. by money i was like but she's not like throwing herself under the bus. Yeah, that was. All, I was. Like, I was trying to figure out who's at the top of that list because that's a long that's list. A long <laughs> list. Like, that's like let's let's open up the King's Landing directory here. And started A, started our way through. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's longer than Arya's death list. It yeah. seems like that. I mean, something very bad will come of that. You can't just create an army and like. That, that that will that will blow based up. on religious fundamentalism <laughs> that, you, that will like and get them to do one or two favors for you and then they're going to go on their own agenda and then yeah. there's something else that you have to compete with. That's like when the that's like the thing to get like you have to get the snake out, you get the coyote, and then yeah, get the coyote. Out, <laughs> you have to build a new army. Well, at the and and if you think about it, the 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 Lannisters and Tommen, um, we're headed for a position where they are backed by a holy army that worships the Seven. And Stannis, of course, is backed by Melisander, and and they worship the one god. So well, you, seven's bigger than one. Jason, you risk so. the whole. You risk a holy war here too, on top of everything else, which is just just what we needed in Westeros. Uh, let's move to the north, all the way to the Wall. Uh, Stannis is there with his wife. Um, they have a little conversation about their daughter, and then Melisander comes by and basically says, "Beat it, wife." <laughs> <laughs> Oof. And uh, she's weird. <laughs> yeah. I, just remember, I just remember my first, like, yeah, even just reading weird. the books the first time she shows up. Like, that's kind of the point where there's not much magic in Game of Thrones except for the walkers until she shows up. You have the walkers and the dragons, and then she shows up, and you're like, okay, so there's wizards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or some variation of thereof. And she's always been super creepy, but she's also clearly, you know, got. Her agenda is unclear to me, I think, is the thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. she seems, the things she says seem very straightforward, like, oh, Stannis, you're totally the guy. But in this episode, we get the idea that, like, mm, maybe and, there's other, yeah. she's, she's investigating other And you're options. taking me, right? You're taking me to, to, to Winterfell, right? Yeah. You're not going to leave me behind again like you did the last time, right? Yeah, that was, was like, dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. I, this whole time for me, she's she started out really creepy and really, really like menacing, and it was a really great character. I love seeing her on screen, especially when she did a whole bunch of her magic stuff. But n- now she's just annoying. <laughs> uh, she's made that transition from really creepy to really annoying, and it's starting to make. She sense. needs to do something else that is um, like magical and weird. Now she, we think she might do that because she, she um, after John signs a little, a lot of letters, including one to Ruth Bolton saying, "Hey, can you send me some traitors and stuff?" Because we're running out of guys here. Um, <laughs> you must have plenty of traitors, Ruth Bolton. Yeah. So, she, <laughs> so, so, uh, Melisander comes in, and you get the sense that she's going to show John one of one of her trademark visions about where things are going. And it turns out that the vision, you know, we think, okay, get ready for something magical. The the only magical vision, unfortunately that she's offering is her boobs. 
which John thinks about and gives a little feel to and ponders for a little while before deciding that, you know, I, I came from the school that, you know, you touch it, you touch it, you take it. But uh, John does not believe that was not one of his oaths. So yeah, he has many oaths. He does. He has, he has many oaths. He's got he's got his love of Egret, who is up. dead. Or is she? And Ooh. then there's that moment where uh, where she turns as 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 she's been rebuffed and says, "You know nothing, Jon Snow." I, was like, that your girlfriend's catchphrase? I think I guessed it. <laughs> he, he, the expression on his face is what? Yeah. <laughs> that this creepy scene just got weirder. Why do women always say that to me? It's just, we find out in the next episode she's just been reading his diary. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sam told me that outside yeah, before I came in. Yeah. Yeah, right? That was a good one. Yeah. But I, I like what she said, and this is this I thought was interesting. She says, "There's only one war: life against death." And she could just be a crazy lady. I mean, that is a really strong possibility. But given that we've seen the White Walkers, you know, she's not wrong in the broadest sense. She may be positioning herself as being particularly on the side of life here, and everything Stannis does is in the cause of life. But, you know, wouldn't you argue that the guys at the Wall who are trying to protect us from the White Walkers are already engaged in the war of life against death? Well, but and it's also interesting in that she makes this allusion to Shadow, right? And it's clearly a yes. callback to the Shadow, shadow ba- Demon, shadow baby, demon baby, baby Murderer. Lost season, crossover. Was, yeah, yeah, season two? I don't even remember. That kills Renly. He kills Renly. Um, and season so, one, I think. Is that all the way back? It's two. One or two, yeah. I think it's two, because I don't think we really get Renly and Stannis much right. until season two. But, um... No, you're right. So my question is, like, who's the target this time? Like, Stannis, so if she's still, like, sort of backing Stannis, you know, he's going up against Roose Bolton, which is an option. He could be the Lannisters, you know, Cersei or Tommen or something like that. But clearly she's still ready to start, like, pump out those demon children and (laughs) and take out other people. So maybe we will see some more creepy magic before this season is out. Oh, yeah, I hope so, because she is a little more annoying now, because she just kind of walks around and squints and says things that are cryptic. (laughs) She had had one trick, and she used it all up in the first time. (laughs) Yeah, give us another shadow baby, please. This was the most uh, concrete example of what's tearing Jon apart this season, because we're, what, four episodes in, and it's all been like going back down to Winterfell versus staying here and keeping his oath. Does he go for his family, or does he stick with his, you know, I won't say occupation, but like with his current, you know, oath and this was definitely the most like concrete physical example of it because it's literally does he have sex with melisandre or not does he break this oath it's like a done there and done kind of thing yeah but i mean seriously you like you, you know yes. you offer, yeah I, I think maybe that's what 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 she's going for i was gonna say he's already said no but it's like well if she can get him to like have sex with her then at that point she can probably convince him to also become john stark and take over and march and all of those other things like i just got to get him on one of these one te- technicalities and then he's, I mean, he's mine it all falls into place after as though yeah. he as though he might even be a star Interesting. Well, we're, so mm. sorry. That was the lead. I was loving. Well, well done. Because let's go to Winterfell, where uh, Sansa is staring at the grave of Lyanna Stark, and Littlefinger comes and explains some things about Lyanna Stark. Of course, Ned's sister, um, Rhaegar Targaryen, uh, chose chose her. Uh, they had the little uh, the little uh, contest, and. He he won and uh, beat Sir Barristan, I believe, mm. and uh, put the garland of flowers for Lyanna, and then end up, you know, and she says, well, and then he kidnapped her and raped her, and there's that moment where little, I, I'm waiting for Littlefinger to actually say, oh, honey, that's just the story we tell. 
The, the, don't you know that that was a, that was an elopement? They wanted to be together, but we're gonna have to wait on that little revelation, a lot I suppose. Of, a lot of that's there. That's not a spoiler, by the way. That's just my my uh, generally held theory that well, everybody also is, holds. It is a widely held theory that there is much proof for on the internet. But I was gonna yes. say I was not familiar with that. So. Yeah, yeah, me well, neither. There's this question that that was well, okay. If you if you don't like speculation, again, this is not actually book spoilers. This is entirely book and show speculation. The speculation is well. We don't know who Jon Snow's parents were, and we think that it's supposedly Ned being unfaithful to, to Catelyn. But as Stannis says, Ned was never that kind of guy. No, right and the timing of uh, of Ned's sister and Rhaegar Targaryen going away leads one to believe that it's entirely possible that Jon Snow is actually a Targaryen. Oh my God! This is the first I'm hearing of this. Oh yeah! So that's so. This is the great mystery because it has never been said in the books. No. But but it is the great conspiracy theory. The, yeah. Oh. That, if, you want, if you want some fun times, Google that as a conspiracy theory. Ugh. There are videos. There so was, this is like the grassy knoll. In, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. In Game of Thrones. In fact, well, I, I think it's totally true, which is why I now think that maybe it's not true because it's so obvious that George R. R. Martin's going to be like, ah, swerve, gotcha. Yeah. It was kind of interesting that we got two little stories about Rhaegar. Right. Well, We've yeah. never seen, and will probably never yeah. see, unless there's some weird flashback or something. Yeah, right? yeah, that, that that was exactly it. Is that in this episode yeah. we got two stories about Rhaegar Targaryen? We're, we're we're getting a little bit of an idea of who this guy was. We hear that he put the garland of flowers in front of Lyanna Stark. We know that Lyanna's uh, that that started the war. That it led to the deposing of the king and the and the placement of Robert on the throne, and there's this great mystery about their relationship, and we don't know anything about it. And there's this mysterious kid who gets brought back to Winterfell. Draw your own conclusions, but I keep thinking that 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 I, you know maybe we'll see some interesting connection between uh, Daenerys and John at some point, or they'll they'll both die, and it'll all just be a, a battle between Tyrion and uh, that that creepy kid from the Vale. God, I hope not. Because the thing is, I know who my money's on—the <laughs> creepy kid from the Vale. No, he's so he's so creepy. His bones are so spindly. <laughs> you mentioned John and Daenerys. The fact that they're the two characters that are emblematic of the two big end games of the show—the yeah. dragons and the ice walkers. and fire. Yep. Yeah, ice. Mm. What? What? Someone write a song about the ice. <laughs> Again, I don't know things that are secret. These are all just things that Widely are speculated upon. Yeah, I hope they come together in the end, and Westeros is all covered in ashes and well, frost. Just and, to point out, if he was in fact Rhaegar Targaryen's son, that would make him technically Danny's nephew. Nephew, yeah. Which is weird because uh, like he clearly seems at least the well, same but Ra- age. Well, Rhaegar was older. much, much, much older. much older. Because yeah. he was a prince. Then the, worst, then the awkward part is, well, what if they end up together as the rulers of Wester? Oh, wait, no. The Targaryens, Targaryens totally are, are, are each cool other. with that. <laughs> yeah, they're totally, oh, yeah, this, there's the end game. This is the, the end moral of Game of Thrones. is <laughs> Yeah, that's on brand for them. So they're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Again, to people freaking out out there, we're just making things up. None of this is, I have read all the books, and I can guarantee you we are just making things up. But I've you never know. I've never touched a book, and I can also confirm that wait, I have no idea you, if they're making it. How'd you get this far in life without touching a book? <laughs> We'll we'll show you some books later. Uh, I love that scene where uh, where Melisander came in and showed uh, Jon Snow her books. Anyway, that she was gave, she gave him the hard sell on. <laughs> oh. It's a hardcover book. Oh my god! Uh, what else happens in Winterfell? Linderflinger tells also after saying stories about uh, Rhaegar and her aunt and how they might have had an interesting special relationship. He also lays out his evil plan, <laughs> uh, which is pretty nice. Which is like, look, Stannis is going to come down here. Totally true stannis is about to do that and you know he's probably going to take it over because he's a good tactician he's got a big army and he's going to get the north behind him and then he's going to march and he's going to win and he's going to take over and she's like 
well, what if that doesn't happen? He says, well, then you're going to marry Ramsey and, uh, you know, I, stab you know, him in the in the night sometime, probably. <laughs> I really wanted to like, like, to, this is the one of those moments with Littlefinger's like, okay, like 90% of that scene I is almost great. Like, like, oh, yeah, Littlefinger, great. And then at the very end kiss. of the scene, is like, well, goodbye. Let me lay one right Creepy on your mouth there. And you're like, nope, sorry, Littlefinger. Realize if she gets married, they can't kiss anymore, right? <laughs> I yeah, don't that think stops a lot of people that on the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if marriage rules apply in the creepy crypts underneath Winterfell. <laughs> so, also Westeros. <laughs> yeah, so. It's tricky. It's tricky because, I mean, like, Littlefinger wants her to now be, like, on her own and have agency, but she f- looks, like, visibly, like, totally unprepared for that, so. I like at the end of the scene, she looks really mad, though, so it's, it's almost like, all right, you, I got to play this game now. I just I got I got to because you've left me with no other choice, which is sort of what he's going for. And he and he has been sort of training. Oh God, I really even regret using that word. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah, but he's been sort of trying to like he's trying to explain to her how the game like is how played. the game is played, right? And and she's not necessarily had it off had, camera, right? She hasn't necessarily had an ex, uh, an opportunity to try and play that game for herself. Um, but she is now being put into a position where she will have to. I hope she's better at it than Toman. Uh, <laughs> Everyone so. is better than Toman. Someone give Sansa an army. Yeah. Some of the dire wolves are better at that than Toman. Mm. Uh, a dire wolf and a crown, done. So so across the sea, uh, uh, Barristan the Bold also tells a story about Rhaegar Targaryen and how he liked to sing yeah. and just stuff like that. Ink. You yeah. know, I was just thinking about Rhaegar Targaryen yeah. today. <laughs> I, I was, I, I, that was just like, wow, that was, I, we're, just, we're just all about Rhaegar Targaryen today. Funny. Rhaegar Targaryen, noted busker in you know, <laughs> King's Landing. You know. Yeah, well, I, I actually thought his story was going to be, well, sometimes he gave it to the beggars, and sometimes he donated it to the food bank, and sometimes he bought really pretty things and gave them to his lover, Lyanna Stark. But that didn't happen. He didn't do, do that. Sometimes uh, Rhaegar actually dresses up as a bear and plays the guitar outside of T-Stations, too. So. <laughs> That's a Boston-area joke. I don't know if you... Sorry, that was for th- 75% very of this crowd. Yeah, my very, very local. Sorry, Jason. You're just visiting. You're not, you're not down with Keytar. That's what, that's, we, we try to do local color when we're, when we're doing a live episode from a particular community like yeah. this one. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> right. This episode not brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Giant glass. Mm. Red socks. Um, uh, his his dar is down there, and she rolls her eyes, and it's like, hey, we should really open the pits, because it's opening day today, which I would say, you've got to spend some time getting in shape for fighting. You can't just open the pits on opening day. There's a little bit of like repetition in this episode. It's like, let's go to Jon Snow and tell you again how we want you to leave. Yep. Let's yep. go to Daenerys again and tell you how we want to open the gladiator pits. And it's like, I don't care about local gladiator pit referendums. So, <laughs> And let's show the Sons of the Harpy kill a bunch of people. What, what if we made it lots and lots of Unsullied? And, and people that we like. And, then, okay. and, and, and there's a huge fight. Well, first they kill they kill a bunch of people at a restaurant, and as Dan said, the Yelp rating on that <laughs> restaurant is one, way was murdered here once, one star. <laughs> They're on Marine Yelp only once, yeah, only yeah once. Yelp dot mr or something. And then uh, there's a big fight with the Unsullied and Barristan. Here's the 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 call and runs and the, and Grey Worm and Barristan are both wounded and fall down dead question mark um, along with all the bodies of all of the. Uh, the uh, the the, the sons the sons of the harpy, which is the name of the episode, because they're at the end. They're all, was, they, they have lots of they made a lot of harpy masks. Yeah. That is a lot of harpy so, masks. Someone is making a lot of money off those harpy masks. If they can make all those masks in like what one week, why can't Apple make more Apple watches? <laughs> <laughs> well, these yeah, these are made, probably made of gold. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. But they're better than gold, Jason. <laughs> these are these are um, these are sons of the harpy mask editions mm, with uh, fluorelastomer straps. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Sons of the harpy. 
I just keep wanting to say it as like a curse. It just sounds so good. That was kind of a that was kind of a fun fight. Um, it's clear that some of the sons of the harpy are not like the most super awesome fighters. Mm. Well, they're smart, but there are so lots of them. Here's the thing: like basically, and what they're we're ruthless. Getting, you know, what we're getting is also the sort of the insurgent parable, right? Like it's like they know the ground. They lure them into a trap. Yes, because the, the lady from the restaurant was in on clearly it. In it. And not only that, but they put them in a place where the unsullied probably aren't as good, right? Because they're in a closed space. They yeah, are much better. Spears. They have tall spears. Like, they're armored. They can't see things around them. They surround them. So, like, they're sort of waging a guerrilla war, which the unsullied is not set up for. They're set up for, like, your big old-fashioned, like, one army versus other army war. They're not a police force. And we've kind of heard that in the last episode, too, where they're like, you've got unsullied patrolling the streets. Like, this is pretty weird. And it's like, yeah, they are, and that's not what they're good at. That's not their core competency. So, yeah, so now they're dead. <laughs> bad news. Yeah, yeah that's bad. The, the, yeah, it's the restatement of um, this, this season is going to be Daenerys is really bad at her job season, apparently. Or she's going to at least need to reach a low point before figuring it out or fleeing or something like that. But Yeah, well, she's already she's sort of really lost, bad her, at her job. lost her dragon touch. Mm. She's uh, not. She's not. She's lost her mojo. Things are going bad. She's going to be in a bad place if either of her, because she has her kind of little council of advisors, and if she loses even one of those people, that's going to be a problem, right? Yep. Or if two of them are wounded for a long time or dead. Yeah. But that may make her kind of, I don't know, potentially kind of unstable. And you can imagine when, if Jorah moment more sure gets there, up. that will be you <laughs> someone know, that kind she of used gasoline to trust. on a fire, right? Yeah. Gives yeah. a little hole for them to come oh, in with, and like fill the plot with Tyrion. Tyrion will be like, "Hey, I got. I let me let me take care of this. Let me." Let me show you my CV about being on the small, <laughs> yeah, small council. Yeah, small councils, sir. That's I what I do like, best. Yeah, <laughs> Let's look up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm a noted trusted advisor. Hey, where do you keep the crossbows? <laughs> so, I, I, I was the guy that the guy you hate for betraying you was betraying you too. We're on the same me. side. Kind of. <laughs> that, is, that is a weird thing to see on LinkedIn. Is that, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like Jon Snow, I'm seeing a lot of things trying to pull Daenerys away from where she is right now in terms of like bringing her back to Westeros. And that's setting up you know, Tyrion coming and possibly bringing her back to Westeros. And I feel like that is – like we're seeing a lot of things set up in Daenerys' subplot for that moment. Things like uh, stories about Rhaegar Targaryen, like making her reminisce about times back in Westeros. Yeah. Makes you, makes you, it connects, right, it connects her back to Westeros in, a, in an interesting way, in addition to setting this, this seed of, like, what's the deal with Re- Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen. Which, which is good, because that whole, the biggest problem I've always had with Daenerys' storyline is that it's so divorced from everything else that's mm-hmm, going on. Mm-hmm. And it is that moment of, like, the thing that makes you wonder how long this series, books, or movie, or TV shows goes on is, like, she hasn't even left. <laughs> that like she still has to get on, like a boat and like get a, like ride a dragon. One of those things. Yeah. But like you got to get her into the action. She hasn't even. She's playing like a different in a different league. She's in like the National League Game of Thrones. <laughs> Everybody in Western in Westeros is like the American League Game of Thrones. Like they just don't play crossover games. Sports. Sports. The, the mountain sports. was the designated hitter. And could could they take a duck boat? Local reference. <laughs> no one rides those. Yeah, those. Yeah, that's just tourists. It's yeah. really hard to commute by duck boat. <laughs> Have you tried it? No. I think there's a fairy MBTA sector. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Never been on it. Interesting. <laughs> Local reference lost on the fairy. So what else should we say? Anything else that we have not covered in this episode of Game of Thrones? We did not mention uh, the brief moment where we get to find out how Stannis is as a father. <laughs> oh, yeah. Father of the year. Father yeah, of the father year. of the year. He's got the Westeros number one dad mug that he's drinking out of when his daughter comes in and says, Do you, are you ashamed that I'm here with the grayscale? And he, and he, he, he works up to... Uh, giving her a, an awkward yeah. hug like many <laughs> minutes after she starts to hug him. 
in case you weren't certain, Stannis is not a big hugger. (laughs) Renly was the hugger. That that was like a big (laughs) emotional moment for for him, for for Stannis. And again, it makes him look more sympathetic. Uh, And he is not a character that evokes a lot of sympathy. Like, while he has, he's like the, he's got a stick up his butt, right? Like, he's the officious guy. He's totally, as everyone says, like, he's technically really the next legitimate king. No one likes him. But he's like that... He sticks to the law. He's good at his job. Yeah, but he's like a disciplinarian. But he has no charisma. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and nobody. Yeah, he he, he's not likable or anything like that. I I like that. Before we get that scene, Melisandre basically says to to Mrs. Stannis, um, (laughs) you know, she's it doesn't you know the Lord of Light doesn't see her deformity, and she's your heir. And I liked that too. That was a nice moment. Like, forget this stupid crap. I really like. She's your daughter, and and I like Shireen as a character. She's actually like we we saw her trying to teach the Onionite to read. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and um, and Gilly too. In the yeah, more, yeah. most recent episode, yeah. yeah. So I, I I've enjoyed her Literacy. interactions. Learn to read. Reading is fundamental, Westeros. She's she's <laughs> Westeros' first librarian. Yeah, brief aside on uh, Grayscale, I never really understood it. I thought, like, every time I watch this show, I try making these analogs from Westeros to the real world. And you get a lot of these, you know, ableist and homophobic things mm-hmm. that you get alive in the show. We got that today. Yeah, we yeah. got that. So yeah. I started wondering, you know... The grayscale thing is such a small thing. I was like, turns out it's a sickness. Right. It's contagious. Yeah. That's why she was locked away. It's, I thought they were it's more ashamed like of her. Leprosy. Yeah, that, I think like, leprosy is the closest. And, and it's even more than that because, as I recall, too, so we hear them talk about the stone men, which there's a little more about in some of the books mm-hmm. where, you know, essentially like the people who I think treat, I think, the people with stone skin. I thought I thought it was more like a leper colony. Of, yeah, something of, like that. Yeah. Or like they try to like essentially, like they said, you should send them off like the to them. That's where they go and yeah. die, right? And, yeah. and there are in one of the books, there's they go into that a little bit more. But the idea is, I think, like it sort of almost turns petrifies you almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and she got and she got cured, right? More or less, but she's still still marked. Yeah. 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 Now it's a nice little moment where you know at least Stannis admitted that she, that he wasn't that ashamed of her. Who knows if that's true or not? <laughs> well, he didn't actually. He never actually said that. She's like, "Oh, you're my daughter." Answer the question. <laughs> I mean, he. It's kind of the closest we get to a human moment with yeah. Stannis. I mean, he's still an awkward, stiff human, <laughs> but it is the closest he is to just like, "No, I am a crusader, and I have my crazy crusade that I want to do, and no one can get in my way." And why? Why won't the world accept that I'm right and they're all wrong about everything? <laughs> that's what everyone's like in the show. Everyone's yeah. got their yeah. you know faith that they're following. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. No, um, no area this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Her her story is on back burner. Or Brienne, or and Pod. Yeah, yeah oh, I really like Brienne and Pod. They oh. should get a boat. <laughs> just Everything's be better with two boats, boats on a boat. A, <laughs> they're great at boats. Yeah. Put them in a boat. Yeah. Going back to Monty's theory, I mean, in terms of pairing off uh, people to you know keep going, I really like um, uh, Jamie and Bron. Bron, thank you. Yep. Like, um, they're pairing much more than Brienne and uh, Pod. I like Brienne and Pod, but you're way. Well, yeah, I mean, Bron, add Bron to anything, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be good. Yeah. So, and then we, and then we got a uh, uh, Tyrion and, and Jorah might be a nice little uh, like hate, hate relationship <laughs> that that could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship or not. Two negatives make a positive. Do you think we're gonna see any of the Greyjoys in the Iron Isles, or have they just decided too many characters? Last, they're not very interesting. I think we've cut, both they, of those things. They're cut to make room for Dorne for now, basically. We've cut a lot of stories this season. They they cut 
uh, so like brands, I think they said Bran is not in this season basically at all. Yeah, yeah, and it's because they, put they, him on back they literally ran out of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, they caught up with the book. Yeah, they, just they, as it they, got interesting. They pulled, yeah, they pulled a lot of that forward. Yeah, I kept, I keep waiting for the the Bran like uh, cameo where there's like a tree and oh. then some the eyes, tree, some eyes pop open, and it's like, hey, <laughs> that's the trees are watching us. But other than that, yeah, they, there's a lot of stuff that I, I I do think the Ironborn stuff is just like they they there's said. No, the, the the father the king there they're like hey we were to reach just that 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 he died we're not going to show that <laughs> we well, don't yeah there's, we don't there's and there's a lot of weird stuff in the books with them sending out some of the like the people in well, the in the Greyjoy family yeah to find Daenerys without, with, yeah, yeah we don't that, yeah we don't want to I don't want to really get relevant. I don't want to get too much into the books because yeah, I, 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 some of that stuff could come back but, but it seems like they're the just one, not talking the one, about them the one loose thread in that department is we do see Theon has still been scuttling around Winterfell yes. and so we yes. suspect that perhaps at some point. There's a question of his. And, will he reassert his identity? And, and Theon not? knows Sansa, right? Right. And we saw her avoid. We saw him avoiding her. Yeah. Uh, in the so that's a that's sort of an open. That's question. something to watch because those are the two people there who actually know each other and were there that before. Could be really awkward. <laughs> it could be. So what have you been doing? Oh, tortured, flayed, had my parts cut off. <laughs> you. That was after I they killed my direwolf. No oh, bummer. Mary, I almost married a lunatic. <laughs> You know, well, that's Westeros. That's what happens. (laughs) That's Westeros. All right. Well, I think we've done it uh, for this one. Uh, Thanks out there to Monty for uh, for uh, we're soldiering on without him this time. He'll be back next time. And thanks to my people who are here in Boston with me, who watched this episode with me. Tony Sindelar, thank you for being here. Good night, Jason. Good night. Go to bed. Uh, Brian Hamilton, a pleasure to have you here in person. Nice to finally meet you, Valor Morgulis. And uh, Dan Warren, uh, you and me in a rowboat. What do you say? <laughs> Seriously, get out. <laughs> what you're saying, keep watching the waves. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Uh, Valar Doharis. <laughs> <laughs>